Schlock, one of the elders here, thank you for joining us in person today. Thank you for joining us online or wherever you are listening. Uh, I have the privilege of starting our Christmas series off, and I'm very excited about that, uh, that, that we can just kick off this Christmas season. The, the series is called Looking Past the Christmas Lights, and we'll be focusing on Jesus' coming as our example, right? And what we're looking past is we're looking to to Jesus. And, and we'll look at four different ways that Jesus came into this world. He came in humility, which we'll talk about today. He came with praise. He came in simplicity. And he came with interruption. The title of the message is, Jesus is still born in stables. So let's start off by reading the Christmas story, uh, Luke 2, 4 through 10. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, a time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Let's pray. God, we, we enter this season, we enter Christmas time, a time when, whether the world knows it or not, focuses on you, focuses on your coming, and focuses on just this rescue plan for us. So we, we look to that to learn. We look to that to find hope. God, would you teach us what it is you want us to see uh, in this season? We welcome you into this now, we pray. Amen. So, we are going to be looking at how Jesus entered this world in humility. And, you know, humility is one of those things. I, I tried to just get, like, a real good definition that I felt captured it, and it was tough. It was hard. It was, I feel like humility is, is something that you can point to and say, oh, well, that, that's humble, right? Or, or that, that's humility, and, and it's harder to define. So, here's some thoughts I have, some, some textbook definitions, and, and some different, you know, inputs here. So, humility is to put or to think of others before yourself. It's a genuine gratitude and a lack of arrogance, a modest view of oneself. It's recognition of yourself in relation to God, and it's to make yourself lower to be used by or to be used for God. And we see this play out in Jesus' birth. So when we think about how Jesus came into this world, it wasn't with this huge celebration and kings and people around him. It It was in a barn because there was no room in the actual hotel. He, he is, his little crib, right? how much time goes into nurseries you know, these days? I know we have three kids. A lot goes into nurseries, and he was in a little feeding trough with some strips of cloth that, that was around him. And Jesus came as a baby. Right? This is the Son of God who came to earth and, and was a baby when he came. He's surrounded by shepherds. And all this just points to like a humble origin. Right? Humility is just cloaked in all of this. And we look at, the, on the spiritual side, Philippians 2, 4 through 8. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, that though he was God, this is talking about Jesus, that though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He gave up being God. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross, right? So we see Jesus 
made himself nothing. He took the nature of a slave or a servant. He humbled himself and he gave up everything. Right? We see Jesus making himself lower, putting himself lower to be used by God. And this carries through in his life as well. So how he relates to people, how he interacts with people. You know, think of the story of, of uh, the woman at the well. The disciples go to get food right, because they're hungry, and they leave Jesus there. And Jesus doesn't just sit and wait or go get food with them. He ministers. He ministers to the, to the woman that was there. Or when he feeds the crowds, and, you know, he spent all day teaching them, and the disciples are saying, listen, it's getting late. Send them home so they can get some food. And Jesus says, no, you feed them, right? He, he even though who he is matters, he puts himself lower to serve other people. And then this is really encapsulated in, in him washing the disciples' feet. John thirteen fourteen. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. Here we see Jesus' mindset of humility there is serving other people. And then in relation to God, we see Jesus say things like, well, I only do what I see the Father doing. Right? Jesus doesn't come with his own agenda. He comes purely to be obedient to God. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, it wasn't that Jesus said, okay, listen, let's get this over with. Here's three Bible verses. Angels come, bring me food. Like 45 minutes, we're done. He walked in the desert for 40 days. He had to walk through that temptation, right, to be obedient to God's plan. Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. So in Jesus' life, we see that picture of humility. And then in his death, him dying on the cross. But why did Jesus have to die? He had to die to pay a price for our salvation, for our sins. And that's why he had to die. So when his death is truly a picture of him lowering himself for us. When he faced judgment, when he you know, sat before people who accused him, when he was beaten and tortured and hung on the cross, dying a criminal's death. All of this is a picture of humility. And then in relation to God, he, he separated himself from God. Philippians tells us that he, he was God and he gave up his divine privilege. He gave up being God for all of us. His mindset was, yet not what I will, but what you will, is what he says to God. And then Galatians 3.13, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the Scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So Jesus acts out this humility by taking upon him the curse of our sin and and separates from God. And so, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, I thought this just captured the, the theme. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. How he came, this Christmas season we celebrate it, how he lived his life, and how he died is just this theme, this thread of humility. And it begs the question, why? Why did God decide to have this be a theme through all of Jesus' time on earth? You know, because it wasn't a surprise to God that Jesus was born. Like, it wasn't like God said, wait a minute, it's been nine months? I just sent them on a trip, and, and you know, the, I didn't make a reservation for them. 
God knew what was going to happen. He knew that, that Mary was going to give birth in a stable. You know, God, God knew how Jesus would die on the cross. The Old Testament is full of prophets who said all of this, who, who foretold this. So this was planned. This was calculated. And God, if it's important enough for God to have this be a theme, then I think it's important enough for us to say, well, why? Why was humility such an important characteristic of Jesus' entire time on earth? And so that, that's the question. What can we learn from Jesus' example of humility? I think there are three things that we can look at today. So the first is, we can look at how do we come to God in absolute humility. And what I'm talking about is, is salvation. Now, for all of us who have Jesus in our hearts, we've taken a moment where we have said, God, I cannot do this without you. God, I need you. Would you forgive me of my sins? It's humbling to need someone. And when we ask Jesus into our heart, you're taking this step of humility and submitting to God's plan. You're making yourself lower to be used by God. And here's the good news. Psalms 138.6 says, Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. James 4.10, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, when we go to God the same way that Jesus humbled himself to God's plan, he meets us in that place. He meets us there. So when we have that humility to, to find Jesus, that we, we see that example that, that he gave us. Second thing we can learn is how do we treat others? You know, if you look at the people that Jesus interacted with, or, you know, this, this theme, as I, was, as I was preparing, kept coming to mind, people intersected Jesus' life, right? Like Jesus is going, and people just stop, and there, there's some type of intersection where people come up. You know, Jesus didn't avoid or run away from these peoples. We look at examples where you know, the, the Pharisees would be in the temple, and Jesus would be there, and he would let them talk and try to challenge them. And, you know, we, we know that doesn't end well for the Pharisees, but he still let them do that. Or when he would be on a journey somewhere and, you know, going to see Lazarus or going, going to a certain place, and the you know, lepers would call out and interrupt his plan. Or when he was going to, I think the story is with Lazarus, and the woman is bleeding and stops and touches him. Jesus doesn't keep going. He stops what he's doing. He turns and he engages with her. Or the, the soldier whose daughter is sick, Jesus stops what he's doing and engages with her. So I think we can learn, Jesus gave access to his life. That's how he treated people. He gave access. He allowed interruption to occur. And he was available. He let people in and, and spent time with them. And if, if we want to be like Jesus, I think what, Jesus, what God is calling us is to say, when we have those moments where people intersect our lives, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to view them as if God was planning this intersection to happen? Because, you know, the, the question isn't so much who. We could probably fill in different people in those different categories. You know, the, like the, the Pharisees, right, are people who just think differently than us, or Samaritans are people who are just total opposites, right? Culturally, they were just complete opposites to who the Jews were. So it's not really a question of who. I, I think it's more a question of, you know, what are we going to do when they intersect with us? And Jesus gives us a couple commands with that. He says in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And in Matthew 28, 20, 28, he says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom 
for many. So practically, we see Jesus, he, he allowed access, he allowed interruption, and he was available for people. But even people who were just vastly different than him. Now, what do we do in this season that we're in right now? So, just practically thinking, I, I was thinking, you know, the first is, maybe it's not to avoid, avoid certain people. I mean, how many of us, when we get like a text message from, from someone, we're just like, okay, right? And, and we got to, you know, get ourselves up to be able to, to help them. Um, you know, if you're like me, I get on an airplane uh, and, you know, I put headphones in, I get a book out, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Right? I don't want to do that at all. We, we, we can avoid people. And, you know, maybe God's asking us to look at those moments where people are around us. And, and maybe he's saying, hey, this, this person is intersecting your life. What would Jesus do in this case? How did Jesus interact with them? J. Cole used to be a pastor here. And he, he would say, you know, whenever I'm out, whenever I'm at Dunkin' Donuts or at a restaurant or a friend's house, I have an ear to heaven and an ear to what's going on. And that, that always stuck with me because his mindset was, I want to be listening to what God is saying because maybe, maybe that, that cashier needs to hear something that you say. I mean, who, who knows? I, I don't know God's plan, but, but avoiding those things, that's not what we saw Jesus do. We saw Jesus grant access. The second is to pray, to pray for them. So, so for some of those people who maybe are just different than us, that they, they challenge us by what they believe, you know, some of us don't have people in our lives around that. Okay, you know, maybe that's a question we need to ask ourselves. If we don't have people that maybe are different than us, are we, are we really being outwardly focused? You know, I had someone growing up, his name was Tom. Um, none of you know him, don't worry. And I just, this sounds horrible, I just couldn't stand to be around him. I know, you can, you can think, wow, that's awful. It was awful. It was, and it just, I don't know what it was, but it just, he bothered me. And anyway, I can't get into it. But I would have to pray for him because it would be so, like, frustrating and infuriating. And, and I would pray for him, and God would change my heart to that. You know, so maybe there are people that in this season we're going to run into that can be frustrating for us, that can be challenging for us. Maybe what God's asking us to do right now is just to pray, to be open, to be open to that. And the last thing is to listen. You know, I, I, I think... Listening is, is something that we struggle with just as, as Americans or, or people in general. You know, I think we hear a lot and we just don't listen as much, right? To listen to what people are saying and listen to their stories, especially if they're different than us. Like if people you know, are different they, the way they think or who they are, we just you know, view them as outcasts. We, we have a hard time listening to them. And, and, you know, Jesus, when he interacted with people, he would listen. When he talked to the woman at the well, it wasn't that he just said, okay, here's your situation, here's what you need, let's go. She told him and talked to him, and he listened to that. And I believe that's, that's something we can learn from this example as well, to listen to people. So Jesus, Jesus' example of humility shows us how he allowed people into his life, he allowed interruption, and he was available for them. And last thing we can learn... What can we learn from Jesus' example is what lifelong humility looks like. But Jesus, he said in Luke twenty two forty four, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will be done. Right, so lifelong humility towards what God has for us. And listen, I get that, you know, we, we're not in the same category as Jesus. 
thankfully. But Jesus, Jesus had to stop being God, come down as human. He had to carry, the, he had to grow up his entire life knowing that he's going to be killed as a sacrifice and bear the weight of all sin. Right? We, we don't have to have that. But I do think what God calls us to, where Jesus acted out that humility, he obeyed God, is to say yes. And we look at the story of, of Mary in Luke 1, 28 to 38. So the angel comes to Mary and says, Mary, listen, you're going to have a baby, and uh, he's going to be the son of God, and he's going to save people. And, and Mary's like, whoa, 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 hold up. Like, I'm going to have a baby. I know I'm not going to have a baby. And, and he, the angel's like, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you. You are going to have a baby. And then here's Mary's response, right? When we think about, when we think about having, having an opportunity to say yes, because what was Mary's plan? Mary's plan was probably not to, to have a baby, but not with her soon-to-be husband, right? And to have this kind of throw off her life. Her plan was probably get married, then have kids, you know, and, and go on. And, and so Mary hears all of this, and this is what she says. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then angel left her. You know, so we see Mary, she said yes. Right? She gave up control of her life and submitted to God's plan. And so I think something we can learn from Jesus' example of obedience to God, of humbling himself to God's plan, and from Mary's example is saying yes. And so I think saying yes often starts with a lot of small yeses. That is how yeses is spelled. I, I spell-checked it. Uh, Yes, saying yes for those small little things that come up. So I'll give you some examples that came to mind. The first is, you know, with, with my kids. Like sometimes I'll be talking to my kids and, you know, they, I'll say, you know, get your pajamas on. And it seems like I've said it a, a number of times very clearly. And, you know, I'll say something harshly or just in a way that's not, not okay. And the Holy Spirit will convict me and be like, Josh, that, that wasn't okay. That's not what you want to model for your kids. You need to go apologize. And so I say, Yes, and I go and do that. Right, or if there's conflict with my, my wife, you know, God wants us to live in unity. And so the Holy Spirit would say, Josh, you need to go resolve this, and I need to be the one to go and, and to do that. And I say, yes. Because in our daily life, we have choices where we can say yes to God. And, and I think that's what God's looking for with us. I mean, Jesus' entire life was, was obedience to God in humility. And you know, whether it's being in the Word or, or praying or just different things you do or don't do, you know, we have a lot of opportunities to say yes to what God has for us. You know, and th- there have been times in my life that I've said no, and it's usually not like a no, like deliberate, but it's a, you know, just you kind of just let it go. And sometimes that's okay, and, you, you, you know, nothing really happens. Sometimes you realize, okay, maybe I missed out on something. But God doesn't want us to miss out on opportunity to to be used by him, and to, to draw close to him. Matthew twenty five twenty three says, You have been faithful over a little, so I'll set you over much. So, an example for my life. My, um, a couple years ago, my wife and I have some friends who just, just needed help. They were going through some challenging times, and they needed basically someone to, to care for their child for, for a little bit. And, you know, we, we kind of went back and forth on it, and my wife was pregnant at the time. We had two, two kids then, and she was pregnant with our third. And so, you know, she, she was, I mean, she helps people 
like, she says yes just all the time, which is a great quality about her. But I'm like, well, let's, you know, let's hold on. And so we're talking to people, just trying to get counsel. And I just, I didn't know. And um, I was flying home from a business trip, and I was reading the, this passage when, um, or, or a similar passage, the story of the talents, when the, the, the master gives someone, you know, five talents, three talents, and one talent, which is, which is money. And he goes away, and he comes back, the master comes back and says, tell me what you did. And the person with five said, well, I, I took five and I made it ten and gave it to him. And then the person with three said, well, I took three and I made it six. And the person who had one went and buried it and then took it back and gave it to him. And, you know, he wasn't happy about that. And I just felt like I'm reading this and I can just picture sitting on the plane and God just saying to me, Josh, I've given you five and I'm asking you to turn it to ten. Right? And, and just gave me that, like, confirmation, like, this is something that you need to do. And, and it was hard. It was great. It was hard. And, and, and that's all good. But, you know, I, I don't think I would have been at that point without having said yes. Yes, multiple times. Yes, as simply as reading my Bible that day, right? And having that opportunity where I'm just kind of by myself reading and, you know, the Lord, Lord speaking to me. So, humbling ourselves to God's plan is, that, is the example that that Jesus gave, and I believe that's where God wants us to be this season. You know, Psalms 147.6, we see that God lifts the humble things up. And I think the good news is that when we humble ourselves, that's where God can use us. It's in that humble place He can use us to, to be used by Him. And, and as we close with communion today, I thought, you know, communion is all about remembering Christ and remembering what Christ did. And his example this Christmas season, we can follow that with humility. And so, I don't know where you fall within all the, the, the different points that, that I made here, but, you know, maybe it's for the first time God is saying, hey, listen, come to me. Come to me. And he's, he's saying, I want you to, to know me as your Savior. And that's a humbling thing to do. You know, I've done that before, and many people have done that before, and we don't regret it. It's a good place to be. So if that's you, you know, come, come talk to me afterwards or pray, pray to the Lord and just tell him your heart. Or if that's you online, you know, put into the chat or message the, the church and we'll, we'll reach out to you. Maybe God is speaking how you relate to others. And we need to look at what's Jesus' model? How did Jesus relate to people? People that were just different than him. People that he, you know, that maybe were challenging to work with. How did Jesus relate to them? With access, allowing interruption, and he was available. And then lastly, how do we say yes to the Father every day? We can look at Jesus' life and remember that. So as we pray and, and go through communion, let's, let's reflect on God's heart with that. So if you could take your elements, let's start with a cracker. I'll give you a moment to pray, and then I'll, I'll pray, and we'll do it together. Yeah, Father, we, we remember what Jesus did. We remember his coming, his life, and his death. And we thank you that this season is hopeful because of, of what Jesus has done for us. So, God, we humble ourselves to your plan 
in obedience to you, to what you call us to do. And we thank you for the example that Jesus has done this before us, that he's paved the way for us. So we remember that example now. Let's partake. And Jesus, for your blood, we thank you that you took upon yourself the curse of our sin because you died on the cross. We thank you that you cared about us, that you would separate from God and come to earth knowing that you would die and be, our, be the sacrifice for our sins. You said yes to God daily. Oh God, would you, we, we look at Jesus' example and ask that you would speak to us and show us where is your heart for that as we remember him. So God, we thank you for dying. We thank you for your blood. We remember you now. Let's partake. And Lord, you are good and, and you meet us in the place of, of our need. You meet us where we're at and, and you, you use the humble things of this world. You take the humble things and you lift them up. So it's, it's a safe place to be where we humble ourselves before you. Thank you, God, that you still meet us in these, these humble places, just like that stable was humble, just like Jesus coming into this earth is a picture of, of humility. When we are humble like that, we meet you there because Jesus is still born in that place. So we meet you with our profound need and thank you that you're with us. It's in your name we pray, Father. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Merry Christmas.